Hey, you're listening to the GGC Life Podcast. Weekly messages from our Sunday services. We hope this message encourages you. Be blessed. Wonderful. We're talking about faith. And faith is such an important subject or such an important truth. You know, you and I connect with God through faith. And I love Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, That without faith, it's impossible to please God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. We we please God. God God is our creator. Think about this. Is he your creator? He's our creator. He's our father. And we as his created beings can give our creator pleasure. We can give him pleasure. We give him pleasure by faith, by pleasing him. We please him with faith. And and, uh, the last couple of, uh, I think last Sunday and Sunday morning, I ended with um, that the Lord God doesn't respond to need. He responds to faith. I want to start with that. God, this is an important truth because if you and I think he responds to need, then we get frustrated when he doesn't respond to our need. And yet the Lord doesn't respond to need. He responds to faith. If God responded to need, we, we sort of think, well, if God's a good God and he's a loving God, surely he's going to respond to need. He loves you and he dearly wants to respond to your need. But in his righteousness and in his holiness, he can't break his own word and he won't respond to your need unless you invite him with faith. Think about that. We're using that example in um, Matthew chapter, I said it this morning, who remembers? Chapter 5, I think it was. But basically it's where Jesus is referring to uh, the birds of the air. He said, that God takes care of the birds of the air, they don't sow, they don't sow seed, they don't uh, stock up um, like a harvest in a, in a barn, they've got nowhere to store up, yet the Lord takes care of birds and he says, how much more important are you? How much more valuable are you to, compared to birds? Yeah. Right? It's all about value. It's actually viewing ourselves how valuable we are to God. And then he says, look at the flowers. The flowers are clothed by God. They're so beautiful. Every single flower that God clothes. Jesus himself says the flowers are clothed better than Solomon in all of his glory. So Solomon was one of the richest kings of the earth. And he impressed queens with his riches and his wealth and his, even with his clothing, his apparel. So he knew how to dress. If anyone knew how to dress, Solomon was the fashion guru. You think Sal's good? Doesn't come close to Solomon. All right, Sal. But Leon's not here, yeah, I know. <laughs> but think about this. God clothes the flowers better than King Solomon. And then he says, oh, you have little faith. So faith is the issue. He doesn't automatically clothe you. So when I thought about that, I'm meditating on that. I think, well, hang on a sec. What about all the poor people in the world? What about all the down and out homeless people? What about people that are desperate for the next meal or haven't eaten properly for many, many years? And there's, there's people are starving. But the key is God doesn't respond to need. He responds to faith. That's why Jesus says, Oh, ye of little faith. In other words, if I have faith and trust that I'm more valuable than the birds of the air, if he takes care of them, he's going to take care of me. That's why he says, Seek first the kingdom of God. And he's right. I can guarantee you this promise because God did. I believe this with all my heart, and I know this works with all my heart. I've seen it with our lives. I've seen it in many people's lives. If you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all these things will be added to you. 
It'll automatically be added to you. You don't even have to look for the things. Problem, we look for the things and we, we, we wonder why it's not added to us because we're trying to do it in our own strength. God is almighty. He's a provider. When we seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, all these things are added to us because God responds to faith, not need. And it's connected to the free will of man. That's what it's connected to. Right? Because, you know, the number one question, we get it at the Alpha course last Thursday night, first Alpha night, it's fantastic, a lot of unsaved people. Number one question that people ask, if God's a good God and is a loving God, why do bad things happen? Why does he just look at the evil that's happening in the world? And the only way he can answer that is a free will. He had to give you and I a free will. Your free will, the, the ability, the freedom to choose your own thoughts, your own actions, your own decisions. I am free to think and choose. It makes me a free being. That part of me makes me like God. That part of you makes you like God. You are free and you can make your own decisions. God's like that. He made us in His image and in His likeness. He gave you a free will because God is like that. So you, you, in other words, you can choose. And God loves when we choose to worship Him. We can choose to say, no, we don't want to worship you. Or we can choose to do good. Or we can choose to do evil. If we do evil, there's always consequences to the evil. Yeah. If you make a bad choice and you, you choose sin or evil, there will be consequences. That's a free will, right? And because of the evil that's in the world, that's well, that freedom of choice, that's why there's evil. The reason why there's murders and wars and selfishness and greed and, and people that are in power, they take all the millions of dollars and, and their people are, are, are poor. That's called free will. And the selfishness and sinfulness of man. You think, well, how can God just look back? Because he gave us a free will. God won't override your free will and break it and come into your life if you don't want him to. We welcome him, we invite him, and we choose by faith. And then he comes into our world, comes into our life. Does that make sense? That is vital because it's the foundation of faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. So when you and I really understand God responds to faith and not need. Now just because I'm in desperate need, he's not going to respond to me because he does love me. But he won't respond to me. And I actually, I've learned not to feel unloved if my need is not met. I don't feel unloved. Did I say that right? Okay, I thought I said I'd learn to feel unloved. I don't, I've learned not to feel unloved if my needs are not met. Because I know that's not a response from God. He wants to meet my needs. If I don't exercise faith, correct faith, and faith is an instrument, it's almost mysterious. Because when I think I've got faith, I'm not really demonstrating faith. And when I don't think I've got faith, like it's, I just operate naturally in it. Sometimes it's a little bit mysterious because it's, it's so natural. Faith is like eyes. You can't see your own eyes. You really can't. You have to have a mirror to see your own eyes. But if you try seeing your own eyes right now, because faith is like that. You can't tell when you've got it, almost. So... The foundation of what we're going to, I was going to talk about activating your faith, and I'm learning too, right? If, if, I knew, had, if I had all this down pat, then you'd be seeing me raising the dead, healing the sick like Jesus. And I, I've seen miracles, but I have not, nowhere near come even close to what Jesus has done. Yet he is our example. Why are you laughing? Isn't that true? Good. It's true. Jesus says, the works that I do shall you do also, and greater works. I haven't come close to that yet. If I think I've come close to it, I'm going to arrive, and think, oh, I know what it, I've got a down pat. No way in the world. I'm learning this too. So um, receive, 
what the Lord has shown me up to now, because God's going to show us more over and over and over. But some of these things I know, we're just going to learn to activate it. We're going to learn to practice it. So I'm learning like you're learning. I just want you to know that. All right. Um, Romans 12, verse 3, we've said this the last couple of times we preached, but I'm going to say it again. Romans 12, verse 3 says this. For by the grace given me, Paul says, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. Very important to think of yourself, rather than think of yourself with sober judgment, to think of yourself exactly where you actually are with God. In accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. So God has given everyone the measure of faith. Other translations says that. God has given everyone the measure. Look up that word measure. It's like there's a pie and he's cut a particular measure out. And everyone has got the measure of faith. So if you are a born again believer, you already have the measure of faith. Even if you can trans... I think you can look into that um, scripture that everyone has different measures of faith. I believe that's true, but everyone has to have a measure. Everyone has to have a measure of faith. So if you're born again, you have the measure of faith. Even if it's different sizes, it doesn't matter. You still have a measure. And I think even if you've got the smallest measure of faith, your faith, because you remember we were saying about the fact that you believe in a Jesus that you've never seen, never seen him born, never seen him live his life, never seen him die on the cross, never seen him get buried, never seen him take the keys of death and hell from Satan in hell, and never seen him raised from the dead and sit at the right hand of the Father. But you believe all that. Because if you didn't, you would be in your sins. You believed something you've never seen and it raised you from the dead and you've been forgiven. That's faith. That takes a lot of faith to believe in that. So God gave you the gift of faith because we know even the faith that we have in God came from Him. It's not by the works of righteousness we have done, but it is by the faith that He's given. It's a very gift of God. Faith is a gift. He gave it to you if you're born again. So all I'm saying is let's start with the reality that everyone has faith. Because if you go, but I don't have faith, you've already disqualified yourself. With your own words, you've said, I don't have faith. Even if you say, I don't have faith to heal the sick. No, ha, ha, ha. According to the scripture, you do. If you're born again, you have the faith to heal the sick. You've got to start with what the scripture says about you. It doesn't matter how I feel about it. Faith has nothing to do with our feeling. We're going to learn about that tonight, hopefully. That it has nothing to do with my feelings. It's just faith in action. How, it doesn't matter how I feel. I can feel really terrible. And if I operate in faith, someone, some, and I've happened, happened this many times, someone gets healed and I felt terrible. Like my feelings weren't involved, but someone still got healed. So it's not a matter of feelings. Faith is not a feeling. Faith is trusting God and, and stepping out and trusting His Word because He said to, that He would do it. Okay, so, so that's important that we believe. We start with the basis that... The Word of God says we have faith. If we're born again, we have faith. And then you don't, you, don't start, you don't speak doubt over yourself and unbelief over yourself. And you disqualify yourself before you even start. Right? We, we fight the good fight of faith because you've got faith. Now, if we have faith and we all have the measure, we all must have a measure of some sort. Enough measure to get us born again to me means enough measure to heal the sick, raise the dead. It's no difference. Jesus said it that way. He says, heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead. That was his sentences. Not mine. Jesus spoke like that. So heal the sick, raise, uh, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, all in one conversation. And he told that to believers, not to the great mighty apostles, anyone who believes. So if my faith got me born again, the same faith can heal cancer, can heal blind eyes, can heal cripples. I've got to start with that. So I've got to change my thinking and renew my mind to believe I don't have to get to a certain place, then I can do that. I've got to believe I can do that now. No, but I've never seen it done. It doesn't matter. It's what God's Word says. 
you know, Heidi Baker, you listen to Heidi Baker, Todd White, some of these people, Heidi Baker prayed for thousands of deaf ears, never got healed, until one broke open and they started, and now she prays for everyone, almost everyone that's deaf gets healed. But she prayed for thousands because she trusted God's word. Todd White, same way, he just prayed and prayed because he believed God's word, didn't see healing for so many times, thousands of them, and then finally started seeing breakthrough, and then he sees many of them. But you've got to start with the faith of God's word. What does God say about it? I pray for many people that didn't get healed, but I'm still going to pray. I pray for many people that get, did get healed too. I used to always joke about it. I pray for many people. Every time I pray for them, they eventually die. Everyone dies. It might take 100 years, but they end up dying. But you know what I'm saying. It's a joke. Um, John chapter 7, I mean, Luke 17, 5, another powerful scripture. The apostles are telling to Jesus, oh, Jesus is saying, if someone, you know, hurts you, offends you, don't just forgive them once or twice or seven times. Seventy times seven. Just keep forgiving them all the time. And Peter goes, what? Lord, increase our faith. Well, the apostles, increase our faith. I mean, they're trying to say, that takes a lot of faith to forgive like that. Lord, give us faith. It's the question we always ask. Man, if I just had increased faith. Now, there is, there is measures of faith in the Bible. There is, you know, small faith, great faith, small, uh, even uh, short-lived faith. You know, when... Peter walked on the water. Jesus says, where was your faith? He had short-lived faith. It's a spurt of faith. But, so there are different levels. But we are, we're talking about, Jesus is saying, the issue isn't increase our faith. He actually says, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed. Just as small as a mustard seed. I mean, that's an example that you can't go any smaller. A mustard seed is one of the smallest seeds in the whole world. And when you plant it, it becomes one of the greatest trees in the world. It's a big, giant tree. He goes, if you had a, if you, so the issue isn't trying to increase your faith. This is the way Jesus is trying to answer. You're asking the wrong question. You're trying to say, if you only have bigger faith, then you can do bigger things. It's not the size of your faith. If you had faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say, so he's giving you a secret of how to activate your faith. You could say to this sycamore tree, it's a massive tree with root system. A tree is a powerful thing. If they had a massive tree with a massive trunk like this, a truck can run into it, the truck will crumble. A tree is powerful. He says, you can speak to this tree, be uprooted, and be planted in, and thrown into the sea. It would, it would obey you. That's how powerful your faith is. Because it's not the size of your... We always think that our focus is on the wrong thing. We, our focus is on our faith. Jesus is trying to say, get your eyes off your faith and get it on God. Yeah. It's not the size of your faith, it's the size of your God. Jesus could stand at a tomb where Lazarus was dead for four days and it's stunned by now. And he says, oh, Lord, I know you hear me and you always hear me. He had, a size, he had his faith in God, the size of how powerful Almighty God is. And he said, Lazarus! He had to say Lazarus because they all come out of the grave. Come forth! And he was straight to the front of the tomb, bound up. He's alive. The power of his words. How did he exercise it? Spoke. We say, we speak. So again, to me, it's, it's our focus is a little bit wrong. Mine too. And I'm learning to not have my focus on me or the size of my faith, but the size of our God. That He's almighty. He's all powerful. So we, we've got a brain. We've got a small, tiny brain. You know that. You know, like I was saying the other day when I was driving, and I pictured one of the angels. The Bible describes one of the angels. that His face was as big as the sun. Like the sun. He was clothed with cloud. His feet were like pillars of fire. And he stood on one, one foot on the ocean and one foot on the land. 
That's a mighty big angel. That's massive. This is the one that says, time shall be no more. That's what he declares. Under heaven, he goes, you know, I speak on behalf of heaven. And he says, time shall be. He, he stops time. It's all over. The Lord is finished. It's come. Now he's come. And so I just pictured that angel. I was driving. I was, Imagine if I saw If I just drove and saw that angel as big as the, like the sky. And if you, know, you look at the sun, it's up in the, and his face is like that. Oh, son, I think, wow, God's almighty and powerful. Like, what image do I have of God? And if he's that powerful, why can't he just bring revival? Because he, he wants to. Why can't he just explode over Sydney and bring revival to our city? He can. And he's going to. And he is. And he's doing it. So let's get excited. Amen. Yay. Vanji. One time, you know, I, the Bible says we all stand before judgment seat of Christ. Just a, just a, I guess this is just me thinking, okay? I don't know how it's going to happen. I always always think, how on earth is God going to do 6,000? Right now, there's six, seven, almost 8,000 million people on the planet right now. N- n- not to mention all the ones that ever lived. Imagine standing before God. That's going to take a mighty long time. Is that how our brain thinks? It's going to take a long time to stand before Jesus, and everyone has to give account before the judgment seat of Christ as believers, and then the unbelievers will stand before the great white throne judgment. That's in the book of Revelations 20, different judgment. And I just thought, and the Lord said to me, Leo, why does it have to be one? We think in time. Why isn't just we all stand before the judgment seat of Christ all at the same time? Yeah. See, that blows your brain, doesn't it? Yeah. Now, even if, even if God, heaven's massive. Even if he just said, because Jesus can walk around in heaven. He could be in your home and my home at the same time. Because it's Jesus. It's the same Jesus, but he can just do that. I just believe that, right? But if you, anyway, I'm, this is just me thinking, right? I'm not saying anything from Scripture. I'm just saying, could you imagine this, the judgment seat of Christ? I'm standing before that. At the same time, you're standing before that. At the same time, every single billion of person is standing before Jesus and he judges us. I believe it's possible. God can do anything. I'm starting to think, God, you're just all powerful, almighty. You can do, or else it would take a billion years to, to judge the whole uh, population of the world. Anyways, just a thought to encourage our faith. Acts chapter 3. This is, I know we know this, we've seen it, but every time I read this, it just uh, really, really explodes inside of me because of the reality of what happened here. And we'll read it in verse 1. Now, Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour, that's 3 o'clock in the afternoon. They went to the temple. This is, this is what they did regularly. I, I think it's daily. They went to the hour of prayer. The hour of prayer in those days was 3 o'clock because it's siesta time. Everything shut down and it was very, very hot. You know, the, the, the marketplace shut down and they would get, spend time eating and all that. They do that in certain places in, in the world. Siesta is good. <laughs> and a certain man, lame, this guy, lame from his mother's womb, never, ever walked since he was born. He's got skin and bones. He's got no muscle because he's never, ever used his legs, Okay was carried whom they laid daily. How many times they laid him at the gate? Daily. He's there every single day. Jesus even would have walked past him. More likely. Daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple. So just picture that for a second. The few days before, Peter and John walked past and didn't do anything about it. He's crippled and they walked past. The point is, the power of God's inside Peter and John. But they walked past and never activated what was inside of them. And the guy's still crippled. One day, they got agitated. They got stirred. They got, 
I don't know, they were in the right place in God for themselves. They just, Peter just spoke up. Remember how you activate what's inside you? The power's here. He activated by speaking. And uh, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple asked for arms. Now, this is the place of the temple where they prayed regularly. And this is the place where he was laid regularly daily. So they definitely would have crossed paths. It gives you a glimpse of that Jesus was saying, whatever I see the Father do, that's what I do. Whatever I hear the Father say, that's what I say. What I hear the Father, when I watch, I watch what he does, then I do it. Okay. Anyway, so who's seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for arms, and fixing his eyes on him with, uh, with John, Peter said, look at us. He's asking for arms, and he said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. They, he's still wanting money. He's thinking, give me some money. And he looks at Peter now. And then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have. See, he had a revelation that he had something. He had a revelation that he had a deposit from God. That's there laying dormant. We're talking about activating the faith that's already inside of us. You don't have to get more faith to activate it. You just have to learn how to activate it. If you had mustard seed faith, you could speak to a tree. I mean... If we're starting off with faith, let's say at least we all have mustard seed faith. That's the smallest amount of faith you could have. So the faith you already have can move it to a tree. So you already have the power, we just don't know how to activate. That's, what, that's my point. We, we all need to learn how do we activate this. Okay. And it's not in your own power. It's not in your own strength. It's not me. I'm just going to demonstrate any way I want to. You've got to hear the Father. You've got to see what He's doing. You've got to see where faith is. Jesus was watching the Father. And the Lord one time was led by God to go to the pool of Bethsaida. There were a lot of people sick. And the water would be moved by the angel once every so often. I forget the time. But as it moved, they, they knew the angel came down. And whoever got there first, only one person, whoever got there first got healed. It was an activity of God, supernatural activity. And they had faith. And this guy could never get himself up. But the Lord said to him, basically he was having these conversations. Every time the water's moving, I can't, I never get there in time. I got no one to help me, no man to help me to get me up and get there. And then the Lord said, "Take up your bed," and the guy gets healed instantly. So the Lord heard the Father and could see what the Father was doing, and this guy was ready to be healed. But he left everybody else sick. There were a lot of sick people in the pool of Bethsaida, yeah. and he walked away. Does that make sense? Why? Because the Lord knew this guy was ready to receive was in that place of faith and activate heaven and activate what he could see over him and release this guy into freedom. The guy, gets, the guy that was a sick man was totally healed. Just gives us a picture that Jesus is only doing what he sees a father do. This is similar because the powers inside Peter and John, and that's why he says, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have, I give to you. How does he do it? How does he activate the faith that's in him? By speaking it. And he says, in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. The moment he gave the command, that was the spoken command. That was like releasing faith, activating faith. That guy goes, what? And he's lifting him as he's speaking it. He grabs his hand, rise up and walk in the name of Jesus. And as he lifts him, I believe as the guy had the faith to also act on it, he, as he got up, crack, power, power activated when Peter activated his with his words, the guy activated too, I believe. I believe it was like a combustion. That's the right word. Activated their faith together, and the guy instantly gets healed. It didn't even say that he um, walked for a little while. Like, you know, Peter aided him, and he walked for a little bit. It just says they leaping, jumping, and praising God. 
leaping, jumping, and praising God. And then he's lip, and everyone knew this is the cripple that was at the gate lying there every day. And everyone's freaking out. They got the attention of everyone. And they almost wanted to worship Peter. And Peter goes, Look, don't think that we've done this miracle by some holiness of ours. This is the power and faith in the name of Jesus. Like he's trying to show them we've got nothing special. We just activated the power in the name of Jesus. It's stirring, but we've got to see the Father. There were times where Jesus, you know, blind people would cry out to him. And he, he would, as they cry out in the crowd, and people say, sure, silence, quiet, don't disturb the master. There's commotion. It's like, leave him alone. He's busy. Everyone's after him. And, and the guy cries out even louder, blind Bartimaeus. He's screaming even louder, Jesus, son of David. That shows faith. That's, that guy d- didn't stop when the crowd told him to be quiet. He shouted even louder. And the Bible says Jesus is walking past. The guy shouts even louder, and he stood still. Why did he stood still? Because he saw faith. Whatever he sees the father do. And he says, well, God can do something here. This guy didn't stop. He could have quit. He could have gave up. He could have thought, he could have got snuffed up by all the people that told him to be quiet. And then he went over to blind Bartimaeus and said, what do you want me to do? Imagine asking a blind man, what do you want me to do? Jesus wants him to voice. And he says, that I may receive my sight. And it shows that he's got faith for it. It's beat unto you according to your faith. Bang! And he gets his eyes back. Other blind people, he says, <laughs> makes a ball of mud from the dust. I mean, this is pretty freaky. I mean, come on. The guy says, oh, what do you want to do? I want to receive my sight. Okay. Then the guy's going, what, what, I wonder what's he doing? What's happening? I hear silence. And, you know, he's blind. And all of a sudden, <laughs> He's mud in his eye. He goes, go wash the pool of Shalom. See, he's, he's watching what the Father's doing. He's trying to, and the Lord is activating to hear what the Father is doing. He didn't just do that as, oh, that's a good idea. Let's see if that works. He heard the Father because that guy, now he's got dirt in his eyes. He could have gone, what is he doing? I wanted to be prayed for. I wanted to be healed. Not dirt in my eye. Like, but he had so much faith that he, well, the Lord said, go wash the pool of Shalom. He just... That's faith. See? Faith activated. Faith, act, faith has actions. And as he obeys, he's trusting what Jesus said to him. Go wash. So he has to find the pool. Maybe he's, where's the pool of Shalom? I don't know. Maybe he knows the town really well. I'm not sure. But he found the pool. And as he got the water from the pool and washed his eyes, because he's obeying, he gets healed. So the obedience activated, and the guy got healed. But the Lord didn't do that all the time with everybody. Sometimes he just put his hands on them. Sometimes he put mud on them. Other times he took people away from the town and put his fingers in people's ears. It's also not really nice. I've never had the guts to put my fingers in someone's ear holes and say, be open. And Jesus has. And the guy, deaf ears. Well, you know, if you're deaf and you've got someone putting fingers in your ears, you don't care. You can put your dirty fingers in my ears anytime if you're deaf and you get, you get healed. I'm just trying to show us that Jesus saw what the Father was doing and he activated. It was different. Even Naaman. Remember Naaman that went to Elijah? He is a, he's a commander of the Syrian army. The enemy of Israel. The commander. But he's got leprosy. He hears from a servant girl that was a Jewish that's someone's slave now because they were captive, she was captive. And said, you know, there's a, there's a prophet in Israel that could heal you. 
he had enough faith to grab his entourage and bring lots of gifts, by the way, and go to Elijah. It's a long trip, probably a few days, with all his horses and camels and carriages. And he comes all the way to Elijah's house, thinking what he's going to get and how he's going to get prayed for, and how he's going to wander his hand over and prophesy and speak. He had an, an image of what he's going to get. And Elijah doesn't even come out. So Elijah, obviously, here's the father saying, tell Naaman, go wash in the pool, go wash in the river of Jordan which is so much dirtier than all the rivers in Syria. Go wash in the river and dip seven times and you will be healed. So that, that command was the activation. And it, it's, so what I'm trying to say is it's very important to hear what the Father's saying. I'll never forget when we was in Sri Lanka once. I mean, this time, I think we were on our, if I remember right, I was on our own. Might have been with Christine, I can't remember. But... We finished the crusade, a big crusade. We preached and everything. And then we were in someone's house. And there was this commotion. This blind man was walking from a place wherever he was to come to me. I was the man of God. He wanted to be healed. I still remember him. He didn't get healed. But he came all the way. And I, I thought, when I saw this, I thought, man, this is a lot of faith. This guy's going out of his way, looking for me, knocking on some stranger's house and says, I want to be prayed for. Now I prayed for him there and then. Unless he got healed later, I didn't hear of the testimony. But it's that sort of place that you could say, I'm just saying, hear the Father, what he's saying. I say to this blind man, go to the town well. Get a bucket of water. Get the water out. Wash your eyes with water. Now that guy's either going to go, what? I wanted you to pray for me. Or he obeys. If he obeys and acts on it, that's the activation. That's the, if the Father said, I can't just come up with that. I can't just come up with an idea because I, even if Jesus did it. If that's born of me, the guy doesn't get healed. But if I hear the Father say it, and that's what activates faith. I mean, that realm is more likely a place where he could have. That is a realm of faith because he, he went out of his way looking for me. That's already a lot of faith operating. Does that make sense? In this case, this really speaks to me a lot because he was walking past all the time, Peter and John, this crippled person. The guy's not healed. It does, nothing happens. The power's in you. Imagine having the power in you. Person sick. Power's in you. Person sick. Power's in you. Person sick. Doesn't get healed until Peter says, silver and gold, I don't have. But what I do have, I give to you. And he does it by speaking. Get up in the name of Jesus Christ. Rise up and walk. The moment he spoke it, connected, the guy gets healed. Isn't that powerful? It's all over the Bible. Remember the crippled man that had friends trying to get to Jesus? And the house where Jesus was was full and packed. The Bible says that, this is what the Bible says, it's in Luke chapter, I think, 4. It says, um, the presence of the Lord was present to heal when Jesus was preaching. Think about that. If the presence of the Lord is there, present to heal, no one's healed, it's, but, but he's present to heal. And the Bible says that this crippled man, they tried to get him in. They, it says they were so full, they couldn't get him in. They could have walked away. They could have given up. They go, oh, well, no room. We tried the front room, the front door. There's no room. Tried the back door, no room. I reckon they would have tried the windows. But it was jam-packed of people, Pharisees, <coughs> teachers of the law, people that were studying the Bible. They came from all, Gal all the surrounding regions and suburbs, and they were packed into this house, all to hear Jesus. Full. They literally couldn't get him in. They didn't give up. They just said, you know what? We've got to get him to Jesus. Someone thought, get a rope. Get some rope. Let's tie him up, the stretcher. Let's open up the, the, the tiles. And as they open up someone else's house, breaking their tiles, 
They poured it, they looked, probably looked for where Jesus was in the house and found where Jesus was and lowered him right in front of Jesus. The Bible says Jesus saw their faith. That's a really important lesson. Faith looks like something. So Jesus saw their faith. I think at that point, Jesus knew straight away what the Father's going to do. I believe Jesus knew straight away. He starts to teach and he says, um, what's, it, what's, what's, what's harder to do? To say your sins are forgiven or to say, take up your bed and walk? He's using this as an object lesson. And they're thinking, oh, surely it must be harder to say, take up your bed and walk. But they say, who does, he think, who does he think he is that he can forgive sins? That's what they were thinking. And so you know that the Son of Man has power to forgive sins. In front of everybody, he says, why is he doing this? How is he activating faith? He could see there's faith already there. So Jesus knew, if I just say, take up your bed and walk, the guy would have been lit up with expectation and hope. Can't wait for Jesus to do something because he knows he's going to get healed. They went all through what they went through to get him to Jesus. They knew, and he knew, he had expectation that he's going to get healed. The word of mouth, the, the reports, the, the miracles they heard, they knew if I only get him to Jesus, he's going to get healed. So Jesus knew all I have to do is release the command, the guy's going to get healed. The speaking was the activation. If Jesus didn't speak it, the guy wouldn't have got healed. And Jesus goes, take up your bed and walk. And the guy in front of everybody gets up. Doesn't say he even prays. He just gave a command. The command was the activation of faith. You, you, you get in this. All these examples I'm giving you, this is how it works. Please hear what I'm saying. Faith hears. That's the first step. Remember, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. So when you hear the Word, when you get the Word in you, when you spend time in the Word and God speaks revelation, faith has to hear. When faith hears, faith can see. Faith has to see. The seeing part is the hope, the blueprint. So I see. If, 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 like I've got to see someone can be healed. That's my faith part. Like, if I go into a meeting, uh, my faith sees, I'm trusting God, someone's going to get healed tonight. I'm believing that someone's that's got sickness tonight too. Someone's got sickness and pain in your body. I see. I have enough faith to see. You don't have to walk away with pain. I believe God's going to heal you. And so, you, you know what I'm saying? You've got to see that. Because faith hears, revelation, then faith sees, has the hope, has the expectation. You see people can get healed in your faith. You've got to see what the Father's doing. Faith hears, then faith sees. It's really, really important. You have to see. But you can't see without hearing. You hear the Word of God. It gives you the picture of what faith can do. It gives you the blueprint, the hope, the expectation. Faith sees. And because faith sees, the next step is faith speaks. You have to speak it. That's the activation. Most times, it's speaking. Faith speaks. And the last one, faith acts. Faith acts because faith without actions, James says, is dead. So you can do all those other things, but if you don't act on it, faith remains dead. James says it. Faith without works. The word works is actions. That's why we, when you pray for someone, you say, uh, do what you couldn't do. Act on what, if you had a sore elbow, just move it. If you, if you, could, if you had, just try it out. Have it feel. Is it a bit better? Yeah, it's a little bit better. And then pray again. And then command the sickness to go. Command the pain to go. Try that again. Jump up and down. Do what you couldn't do because faith acts. Now I'm using miracles and healings as an example, but it's in every area of our life. So I was trying to show us faith um, sees. Jesus said he saw their faith. See, bring it down to this place quickly. We had enough faith where the 
as a church where we're at and where we're at as leadership to, to get to this place. We know it took faith to sign a lease. It took faith to lead the people to give towards renovating this. It takes faith to do that. We probably wouldn't have done it 10 years ago. Does that make sense? Now we've done this. I have faith that we can get to the next step and buy a building. It still takes faith to do that. But I wouldn't have done that 10 years ago, five years ago, to buy the building because I believe now we're going into that season where my faith has heard God. I can see what God wants to do. I've got to speak it out. It operates in every area of your life as well. I'm just using this as a, it works over your home, works over your finances, works over your family. Faith's got to hear, faith's got to see, faith's got to speak, and then faith's got to activate. Does that make sense? 2 Corinthians 4 verse 6 to 7, For God who said, Let light shine out of darkness, made His light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge, the word knowledge is revelation knowledge, of God's glory displayed in the face of Jesus. And then he says this, But we have this treasure in jars of clay. The treasure of the glory of God is in this jar of clay. Is in the jar of clay of your body. The treasure of God's glory is inside of you. That's the dormant power until you activate it. No one has ever got healed unless you pray for them. Even demons. Demons don't come out unless you command a demon to get out. I know it's simple, but maybe we need a simple revelation. When I pray for people, I remember someone's demons troubling someone, and you say, come out in the name of Jesus. Demon leaves. Wow. It would have stayed there if I didn't command it. It's interesting. We have authority. Prayed for someone in, in hospital once who was dying of burns and boils. It wasn't burns, it was boils. They were treating her like burns. Her face was bloated up, her lips were like this, she's bandaged all over. Do- near the end, wasn't responding to medication at all. My son came with me, Leon. He was like 15, 16 at the time. When we prayed, took authority, command sinners to leave. I said to her, we've seen people get healed before many, many times. God's going to heal you. I just said, God's going to heal you. It took faith to say that. I didn't feel anything. I just felt, we just came off a fast, but I had faith, but I didn't feel it. It wasn't like, whoa, I feel the urge of faith. <sighs> I didn't see a vision, didn't see an angel, didn't have, you know, writing on the wall, nothing. Just, you know, God, your word says this, all backed on God's word. I said, she is, look, looks at the end of her life and her lawyer daughter, the daughter was a lawyer and the other son was 25 years old. I don't know what he was doing like for work, but they were both in the room crying near, near the end of her life. And as we prayed of the short prayer, after I said, God's going to heal you, God's the healer, He wants to heal you, He loves you. We've seen God heal before. We prayed a short prayer, took authority over the spirit of sickness, commanded to leave, and it's released healing. About a minute or two. As we walked out, I didn't know she hadn't talked for two or three days. She started speaking. Spoke to her son. Son called us back in straight away because I was outside. And she says, the son says she saw a beast. This is her words. She saw a beast at the end of the bed. And I thought, okay, that's strange. What do I do now? I don't know. It's all new for me, like a beast, okay. I thought, what happened then? What did you see the beast do? She said, it went when you prayed. That's a good sign. (laughs) But again, as you speak, you're activating, praying, you're commanding. You have authority over the spirit realm. And the demon left and she got healed. Within three days, she was was Friday. That was Friday. She was dismissed. And I think she left. No, she got better. They took all the bandages off Tuesday and then Friday she was gone. Something like that. Out of the hospital. Healed. Miraculously. 
but it's the activation. And that power is inside of you right now. It's already there. Just got to hear the Father. Faith comes by hearing. Faith speaks. Sorry, faith hears. Because you hear, you see. Because you see, you speak. Because you speak, you activate. You act on it. Okay. So, let's be very, very honest. If we're really, really honest, this is going to be very simple. If you have pain in your body or you need a miracle or healing, could you just stand up, please? Pain right now or you need some sort of miracle, some sort of healing. You know, Jesus is the healer. Uh, when we went to South Africa, we prayed for people and we released people to pray for people and everyone was getting healed. There's miracles everywhere. Because I believe in this day and age, this season that the body of Christ is coming into maturity, He wants every believer to activate their faith. It's not the one man that's got the anointing, it's everyone has the anointing. Right? So we're going to exercise. People around you are going to get up and you're going to exercise their faith. And when you take authority over that sickness and that disease, commanded to leave, has no right to stay in your body. And you command it. You don't say, oh Lord, if it's your will, could you please take this away? We already know it's God's will. He gave us authority over sickness and disease. Lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Cast out devils and the devils have to leave. All right. So can we have people praying, come around these people that have standing, that have stood, sorry? Thank you, Jesus. Just start taking authority. Ask them brief, briefly, what are you believing for? Just quickly, don't have to tell the whole story. Just say, I'm believing for healing. I'm believing for this pain to leave. I'm believing for a brand new kidney. I'm believing for a brand new heart. David, someone, yeah, yeah, thank you. And Joe, the back, someone, please. You standing? Are you standing? Are oh, you not? Okay. Thank you, Jesus. Command the sickness to leave. Take authority. Command the pain to go. Thank you, Jesus. You've been listening to the GGC Life Podcast. We hope this message has encouraged you. For more, please visit our website, ggclife.com, or email us, ggclife at ggclife.com. From our house to yours, be blessed.